audio sermons from Peachtree Christian Church. Today's scripture is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes into his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed... Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Please Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome again to worship uh, with Peachtree Christian Church. It's a delight to join you this morning. Um, It is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I trust that everyone had a good Thanksgiving. And whether your team won or lost, you're in good spirits this morning. Um, I'm doing kind of an unofficial poll. So... Uh, raise your hand if you have the Christmas tree up already. Oh, okay, not not very many. All right, so I'm in good company because I have not put mine up yet. And I was a little worried when I arrived at church this morning when we see all these Christmas trees around um, the building. And it's wonderful that we've already decorated, but I was like, oh, I'm a little bit late. Perhaps not. Uh, there's plenty of time, plenty of time to get your Christmas tree up. So 
Um, well, let us begin our sermon this morning with a word of prayer, if you would please join me. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your light. We thank you for gathering us here this morning to hear your word. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would help us to hear from you um, what it is you want us to hear. Help us to be changed after hearing the word of, of the Lord. I pray, Father, that you would now help us, God, to silence the thoughts in our minds and our hearts. Help us to focus. May the words, Lord, of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray this in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever experienced a case of mistaken identity? It's happened to me a couple of times. And one particular time I was young, I was about six or seven years of age, and I was at the grocery store with my parents. I was walking around with them and I left the cart to go look at something. And I came back and I saw my dad there. And so I went up to him and I, I grabbed his hand and then I looked up at his face and it was a stranger looking down at me. I was quite surprised, of course, as being a little child, I was a little frightened. And so I looked around and I saw my dad, you know, a little further down the aisle. I ran over to him and they kind of exchanged glances like they kind of knew, you know, it was just a mistake uh, that I'd made as a child. I didn't pay close attention to whose hand I was grabbing. I couldn't really quite see his face. And so I wonder if that's ever happened to you. Uh, perhaps you've been out in public and you thought you saw someone at a distance that you knew, like, oh, and you're like, hey, and then you realize, like, oh, no, that's not the person that I was thinking it was. And in fact, I don't know that person at all. Um, or worse yet is when somebody approaches you, right? And they think um, they know you, like you're a familiar face to them. And so they go on and on and talk to you and you're like, oh, I don't know I know you. This happened to me a couple of Weeks ago, I was uh, donating blood, and the lady next to me, like, it turns out we went to high school together, but I still, to this day, can't really place her. Um, so it's, it makes for a very awkward exchange. I know, I'm sure it's happened to you. I'm, I'm not the only one. So as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, it seems as though there is a case of mistaken identity. These verses in the Gospel of Matthew are part of Jesus' last sermon before he goes to the cross. And he's telling three stories, and these three stories are related to the kingdom of God. And this particular story that we're focused in this morning describes the judgment that will take place when the king comes. It's why the lectionary gives us this reading on this particular Sunday. It's traditionally Christ the King Sunday. Today is a day when Christian church throughout the world emphasizes the kingship of Jesus Christ, and it's observed during the liturgical season of Kingdom Tide, which we've been in the past couple of Sundays. It's the Sunday, this um, part before Advent. So next Sunday, of course, is the first Sunday of Advent. So this passage, King Jesus is described as the judge. And we can imagine the scene. I invite you to use your imagination and see it in your mind. The nations, um, another translation of the nations can be Gentiles. So we know that it's not the Jewish uh, people, but it's the nations, it's the Gentiles. And they're gathered before the Son of Man. 
And the Son of Man is seated on the throne of glory. Again, he is the king. And this group of people in Jesus's parable is then separated. They're divided into two groups as a shepherd would separate the goats and the sheep. And so the goats move to his left side, which is not a good place to be. It's the one time you don't want to be called a goat. And then the sheep are on his right-hand side, which we know is a place of honor. It's the right place to be. Then he recognizes these on his right-hand side as blessed by my father. And he says to them something quite astonishing. He tells them, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he uses this word inherit instead of the word enter. Um, Elsewhere in scripture, we see we enter into the kingdom of God, but here it's inherit. And there's a distinction I want to make. So say if one of you owns a very large vacation home, say at the beach or the mountains, and you invite someone, say me, to uh, come join you for a week, right, at your vacation home. We would have a wonderful time. I would enter into your home, and we'd have a blast the whole week long. We'd have a really nice time. But there'd be a difference if you were to give me that house, right? If you were to sign over into my name the deed and allow me to own it for myself, well, now, I mean, you would be really generous if you allowed me to visit and enter in to your home, but you would be amazingly generous if you were to give me the home, you would allow me to own it, and I would be extremely grateful so you can see me afterwards, right? Um, however, so that's the distinction that Jesus is making here, is that there, there is an inheritance for these who are blessed. And Jesus offers those who are blessed this amazing, generous inheritance And the best part about it is they didn't even know they had it coming to them, right? They're surprised by it. So at least we think that this passage is talking about earning salvation or earning this reward. It's not because these people, they were just in relationship with people who are in their lives. They were just doing what they thought were good and right. They weren't trying to earn this reward. The blessed are those who took time to care for the hungry Time to care for the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the imprisoned. And then there were those who did not serve or care for those. They thought of perhaps their own interest more than the interest of others. And did you notice that neither group then recognized Jesus in the least of these? He had to point it out to them. Because you see, even the righteous asked the question, Lord, When was it that we saw you? When did we see you? We didn't recognize you. Was that you? And the king answered, when you did it to others in my family, you did it to me. And and I want you to make note of that, that term in the family, because we'll come back to that in just a moment. So essentially he was saying that you didn't recognize me, but there I was. There I was, I was hungry and wondering when my next meal would come and you gave me some food. And there I was, I was sitting in a prison cell all alone and you came and you visited me. Jesus is present in those around us. And there's something about just recognizing Christ in others that ought to cause us Christians to 
do a little bit more than just give financial resources or offer a prayer for them. Seeing Jesus present in other people's lives should cause us to act some type of way towards them. Hear what theologian Charles Cusor writes, and I quote, Critical to the interpretation of this passage from the vantage point of the reader is the threefold rendering of the presence of Christ. Most obviously, Christ is anticipated as the exalted Son of Man who comes in glory. Second, Christ is present in the least of these, the needy with whom he has identified himself and who become the locus of his presence. Third, Christ is present as the Son of Man who suffers and is crucified. The all-embracing authority of Christ the King makes sense only in light of this threefold rendering of Christ's presence, end quote. So see, the message of this passage is clear. We must recognize Jesus in the people around us. This means that we must be willing to help those who are in need, right? Even if it's an inconvenience or even if it's uncomfortable for us, we must be willing to feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit the imprisoned. And when we do these things, we are recognizing Jesus in the people around us. And we're showing our love for Christ. I believe that this is really challenging for any believer. And I, I think, though, there's one clear example we can look to, a person who lived this out fully. You and I know her well. She is a nun in the city of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa cared for the least of these. In her book, No Greater Love, she writes about a man who was dying of leprosy. Of course, this is the disease that causes skin lesions and nerve damage throughout the body. He was lying on the street covered in worms and flies. No one wanted to touch him or help him. Yet Mother Teresa came to him, picked him up, carried him to a nearby home for the dying. There she cleansed his wounds. She gave him medicine. She also gave him a simple smile and a hug. She said to him, you are precious to God and you are precious to me. The man looked at her with gratitude and said, I have lived like an animal, but I will die like an angel. Mother Teresa cared for the least of these by showing them dignity, compassion, and love. She did not judge them by their appearance or their condition but by their worth as children of God. She did not ignore them or avoid them, but embraced them and comforted them. She did not do it for her own glory or reward, but for the glory and reward of God. She did it to Jesus. She understood what it meant to recognize Christ in others. And so now I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Sarah, that's Mother Teresa. She's a saint. You really expect us to do all of that? How can we, ordinary people here in Atlanta, Georgia, how can we recognize Jesus in people around us? So let's be practical. 
We certainly could look out for the needs of those present in our communities as we have here at Peace Street. There are people who are hungry that we help, people who are thirsty and homeless and sick and imprisoned, and we care for them. And I appreciate the fact that Jesus describes these tasks as though they're things that anyone of us can do. You know, he could have said, I was sick and you healed me. Now that would have been miraculous. He could have said, you uh, saw me in prison and you set me free. You opened the gates of the prison doors and I was free. But he didn't say that. He simply said, you visited me. Something I believe we all could do. Perhaps he tells this story to, if he was telling this story today, he would say, you know, I was alone in my home and you called me. You gave me a simple phone call. A simple act of checking in on someone would be of service to Jesus. And did you notice that he was speaking about family, right? I, I said, I would come back to that word, the family. He's speaking about family. And so I wonder if Jesus is really talking about those who are closest to us, not those who are just outside our walls and uh, on the streets, but those who are right in our homes, those that we know and that we love and care for. A couple of days ago, I was speaking to a friend of mine and we were commenting about how often we think to call our family. And we, we do, we think to call our mom and our brothers, and, but we hesitate because we think, oh, they're busy, or it's not a good time. I don't have a whole lot of time to talk right now. And we would just be bothering them. Have you ever thought that? We give the excuse like, well, they could call me, right? If they need to talk to me, and they certainly call. But what if we considered Jesus in them just as much as we would consider Jesus in the person who's sick in the hospital? I would su suggest that we not wait to make that phone call. That if the Spirit is leading you to call and check on someone, just do it. Go ahead. It could be the best part of your day, or it could be the best part of their day, right? You would be serving Christ in your actions. We recognize Jesus and the people around us when we listen to their stories. Have you ever thought about that? Everyone has a story to tell. Everybody wants to tell their story. They, they need a listening ear. When we listen to their stories, we can hear about their struggles and their challenges and their passions and their accomplishments. When we take time to listen to others, we're showing them that we care and we are recognizing Jesus in them. And hopefully, they are recognizing Jesus in us. My high school youth minister would often have the group participate in affirmation. We would affirm one another. And the way that he would do this is we, he would have one person stand up in the group and they couldn't say anything. And he would invite then the others to share what they appreciated about that person. And now for a teenager, that would be really intimidating. I think for some of us adults, it would be pretty intimidating. But to be the one called out to stand as though other people spoke appreciation of you. And I look back and I think how impactful those moments were because we were speaking uh, words that we saw, actions, characteristics that we saw in them that reminded us of Jesus, of ways that they were generous, of ways that they were kind. It, we tried to get a little bit deeper. It's sometimes hard uh, in youth groups to get a little deeper than, oh, I like your eyes, 
Um, but really to think about, you know, your character and how you represent Christ to other people and how we recognize Christ serving through them, living through them, working through them. And so I wonder this morning, what would people say about you? If we did, if we had you stand, how would people around you recognize Christ living in you, working through you? Would they talk about the time where you gave of your resources? Or would they talk about the time where you sat and listened to their story? If Christ is king, is truly king of our lives, how do we care for those in the kingdom? How do we see Christ in them and serve the Christ in them? 